Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 14 of So Lead Saturday. Our today's guest, Abhishek Thakur. He is unique because he is one and only world's first four times recognized Kaggle's Grandmaster. And now he is working as Chief Data Scientist for Boost.ai. So let's hear his career journey. How did he find his passion and manage to be one of the leaders in the areas he is passionate about? So welcome Abhishek. And thank you so much for being a guest on Solid Saturday podcast. Well, thank, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure as well. So thank you so much for being available on Saturday. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much. So to begin with, actually, uh, when I saw your profile, right? So I saw that after 2013, you have like a continuous growth in the field of data science. So... What do you think that, uh, how did you manage to grow in that particular field? Uh, yes, so a lot of, lot of hard work went into it. Uh, it, it, didn't, it. It didn't come in a day and I'm still learning. And uh, so, well, it was like, it was in 2013 when I started learning about machine learning and data science and uh, mm-hmm. I found uh, Cackle. And uh, a lot of friends of mine were always mm-hmm. talking about Kaggle, uh, sorry, not about Kaggle, about machine learning and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was always wondering. So I also took a course in the university about machine learning and data mining, but I didn't fare very well. Mm-hmm. And um, the course focused on, on the theoretical aspects. So uh, theoretical aspects were easy to learn, but nobody talks about applied machine learning. So I started learning mm-hmm. about applied machine learning using Kaggle. So I would, I would have a lot of sleepless nights implement paper on my papers on my own and uh, learn about uh, new algorithms and then try to implement them use them in kaggle so uh, that was that was that time and uh, that time I was also doing my master's thesis and I was also working as a student so <laughs> I had like three different uh, things to work on <laughs> and uh, after t- 9 or 10 months when I felt comfortable I started applying for jobs mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a lot of rejections to find my first job mm-hmm. actually because nobody wants to hire a fresher mm-hmm. but uh, at, at that time Kaggle people knew about Kaggle but mm-hmm. uh, probably it was not as pop- popular as it is now so only a few people in the industry care about Kaggle and if, mm-hmm. uh, if, if I'm looking for something and I'm getting rejections everywhere uh i started applying for all kinds of jobs mm-hmm. so like all kinds of like software developer engineer whatever kind mm-hmm. of job were available but I, my focus was always on data scientist jobs and uh, then i got my first job in uh, berlin as a data scientist mm-hmm. and it was mainly also because they knew they have they had heard of kaggle and uh, mm-hmm. i had a good profile at that time mm-hmm. so i i had recently i had started 10 months ago 10, 11 months it had been and um, yeah they liked the profile they invited me for interview so mm-hmm. I was coding the whole day and uh, they liked what I built at the end of the day so they hired me and it, was, it was a good job I mm-hmm. got to learn about the industry how everything works in the industry mm-hmm. so the continuous growth uh, I think uh, you're you saw the titles right <laughs> yeah right and uh, yeah uh, the thing is, uh, after the first job, I took a time off 
I wanted to do a PhD, so you would have seen different titles if I had finished my PhD. But uh, uh, things turned the other way, so I dropped out of my PhD and then joined as a senior data scientist in a company in Berlin. Then, after spending one more year there, uh, so whenever I switched my role or uh, jobs, I also uh, asked for a higher role than the previous one because. if i'm if i'm working as a senior if senior data scientist in some company mm-hmm. and then i go to a role of a junior data scientist it's not going to look good in my profile mm-hmm. right so that was always the reason to like keep the level the same or improve it a bit so uh the growth uh i think it's because of the boom in this industry in data science industry mm-hmm. and um uh, so many companies i think almost all the companies they want data scientists and the startups when they start hiring first of all they hire some operations guy and then data scientist mm-hmm. so it's it's like that everyone is hiring data scientists and nowadays everyone is a data scientist so that's why yeah. you see uh every everyone wants to be a data scientist rather yeah. i would say i should say that mm-hmm. and that's why you see this kind of continuous growth and Yeah. So It's you mentioned six, that you know, like yeah. So you mentioned already that there is a like lot of hard work. So what were your major challenges actually when you were doing it by yourself? You were learning because it was a lot more like a self learning. I can see. Yeah. So what were the of... ma- major obstacles or the challenges for you? So first of all, I I was from a completely different background. Mm-hmm. I studied computer science masters, but my bachelor's was in electronics engineering. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we have this exam in india called the ai triple a mm-hmm. and if you fare well then you get mm-hmm. some good branches good college so, so i got a good college mm-hmm. but i i to to get a to so to get computer science i would have had to have much better rank mm-hmm. i didn't have that so i got electronics you know good mm-hmm. college that was nice so i studied and uh, my i always wanted to do something with computers so mm-hmm. i thought okay if i'm out of this university after that i'm going to study computer science mm-hmm. so during my uh, engineering days i started applying for internships and i got a good internship in image processing biomedical imaging in mm-hmm. the university of warwick and from there this journey started so going into computer science and uh i was in computer science but i didn't know about mm-hmm. algorithms basic computer science algorithms so i had to study mm-hmm. all of that on my own and then when i moved so even in my computer science days i was working on image processing but it was because it was like very close to signal processing mm-hmm. so when i saw people when i saw mm-hmm. my friends talking about natural language processing and machine learning then it uh, i kind of developed some kind of interest and i wanted to learn it on my own and uh, then i found kaggle and it provides mm-hmm. you with a platform you know for whether either you can give up very easily or you can grow you can learn from the from other people mm-hmm. so i had i had all the time in the world mm-hmm. after my day job after my student job so i think that was 20 hours a week and after that uh, my masters thesis and uh, i had nothing else to do so instead of going outside playing football or watching movies i used to mm-hmm. learn some new algorithms of uh, machine learning <laughs> so i started with basic youtube videos and all and uh mm. uh 
uh, also reading lots of new papers on my own so yeah like okay, so reading so, and implementing like, you, know, you being the proactive actually so you found your interest and you were interested actually to learn this uh, yeah exactly technology uh, so that is more or like you being the proactive and approaching the people learning finding out the ways you how effectively you can learn yeah exactly it was like that so yeah it was my interest and it came from others obviously but uh, uh, yeah i invested quite a lot of time in learning and uh, mm -hmm. on my own okay yeah that makes sense to me as well because if you have an interest you anyhow find the ways to learn it so definitely you found your way of like you know what best works for you and then uh, you yeah, exactly found the growth so uh, i guess we covered these questions actually so you already shown that you found your interest and, and then how you managed to grow in that particular and pursue that passion actually towards the data science so um people who are not aware actually so abhishek has his youtube channel as well so you can check out actually so he does lots of webinars as well i guess you do um so please do subscribe to his youtube channel moving to the next question like you know um these are like a different titles in the uh, data scientist field like data scientist senior data scientist principal data scientist chief data scientist kind of so uh what changes do you see actually in this area like from 2013 to 2020 how this area is grown or evolving uh, i think it was beginning of uh, 2014 mm -hmm. uh, not 2013 when i joined my first company uh, in 2013 i started applying towards the end so from data scientist to what i am now uh, mm -hmm. i haven't i haven't changed uh, much in the sense like i still code Mm -hmm. so uh, i code quite a lot and mm -hmm. i cannot quit coding so that part has not changed mm -hmm. what has changed like uh, in 2014 uh, it was difficult for me to convince people to put a model like random forest in production mm -hmm. but it's much easier now so mm -hmm. i i can convince people easily uh, and uh, what many different things have changed so technology has also changed mm -hmm. and at that time uh, we didn't have gpus or gpus were very expensive mm -hmm. to put mm -hmm. it in production environment so that has changed now it's mm -hmm. much cheaper and to experiment a lot so uh, with different titles it also changes like uh, how you can uh, so i've always worked in product companies mm -hmm. so building building a uh, contributing towards a certain product and mm -hmm. it also changes when your title grows mm -hmm. uh, your seniority grows and you can convince more people mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's more about convincing the management if the management doesn't want to, to put something in production then your as a data scientist your all your work is going to die mm -hmm. inside a presentation okay. right you're going to present it and then it's going to die so that part changes quite a lot as you grow mm -hmm. um that has certainly changed a lot for me mm -hmm. yeah but coding is still there coding is still there and yeah, is there any there. favorite programming language of yours python python, python. is bread and butter okay. so <laughs> okay and then uh what are the like changes in the roles and responsibilities you see in these uh roles 
So yeah, but uh, from from a data scientist to senior data scientist position, you don't have to care so much about uh, the product. You do have to care, but not like you don't have to invent something because there are always there are always your managers, team leaders who do that. Uh, principal data scientist, chief data scientist role. I have to uh, look much deeper into the product, try mm. to understand each and every part of it, and try to see. Uh, where can machine learning be used wisely? So it's not like data science, machine learning, just use it everywhere in the product. Uh, so we cannot do that. And um, so I have to try to find out those certain parts um, where machine learning can be effectively used. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to also take the in initiative on your own mm -hmm. to try to implement something and uh, not just during your working hours, but try to implement something and then try to convince people, okay, mm -hmm. so I have already implemented this. This is a prototype and this works mm -hmm. and we can try to scale it and see what happens. So if you build a prototype, if you try to convince people, so I didn't have to do all that stuff when mm -hmm. I was I was in the junior roles, mm -hmm. but now I have to take initiative, some initiatives on my own. So yeah, that's a big change. Okay, that's good. Uh, so. Um, when we are talking about this, like, you know, your uh, interesting projects, like, do you have any interesting project insights or anything that you would like to share? Like, interesting like, projects. Yeah, yeah, interesting project you worked on so far, or it's like uh, anything that you always remember in your so, career? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, every, every, every project is interesting to me because I get to learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. So, the first company I worked at, I worked in real time bidding. Mm -hmm. So that was very new to me and uh, uh, that was very interesting. Then after that, I, uh, when I was doing my PhD, I was also working as a consultant, freelance consultant. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of crazy, interesting projects there. Mm -hmm. uh, mainly uh, natural language processing related to AutoML mm -hmm. recommender systems, these kind of things. So. Uh, and after that, since then, I've been working mostly with natural language processing mm -hmm. and uh, the work that I'm doing now, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, it's one of the most interesting things where we are building conversational AI and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting to serve. So not just from like, uh, the machine learning point of view, but also from, uh, machine learning engineering to mm -hmm. serve so many models and to have a response time, which is very mm -hmm. less. To reduce the false positives, mm -hmm. uh, when to respond to end user, when to say no, sorry, I don't know. So these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I mean, if I have to choose one, I, I cannot really because all of these projects have been interesting to me, mm -hmm. and I've learned from yeah. all. And of them. then uh, when we are talking about these all Kaggle competitions you participated in, right? So yeah. is there any interesting competition that you participated that you would like to, like, you know, uh, ask people yeah. to uh, check, out, check it out? Yeah, so um, long time ago, there was a competition from StumbleUpon. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that was one of, one of my favorite competitions where mm -hmm. I also shared publicly for the first time, I shared some code. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it received quite good response response mm -hmm. and um, that was uh, basically I think that was first natural language processing competition that I participated in and mm -hmm. I got to learn a lot from it so it was HTML data and you had to classify mm -hmm. into certain classes 
so I learned about cleaning HTML, handling text, so all sorts of things. So I think that's that's one of the competitions that mm -hmm. uh, people should take a look at. It's okay. simple, it's easy, but there's mm -hmm. a lot to learn from uh, one single competition, from that single competition. I also like that because that's mm -hmm. when I got my first top 10, mm -hmm. uh, not first, but like top six. I was sixth and uh, it was just a good competition. Mm -hmm. So got to learn a lot of stuff. Okay, surely actually people would love to check that out. Yeah, but so, now, uh, nowadays it's like, yeah. uh, it's more about uh, deep learning and images. So yeah. that's a different field. And you have actually the Kaggle started because you uh, didn't had like uh, data sets easily available to yeah. explore by yourself and do personal projects. So that's why Kaggle platform was much more in the demand that time. Now you have like a free data source, open data that's source true. available. Yeah. So you have a lot more scope actually if you want to do work on your personal projects. But yeah, but a lot of people don't do Kaggle that. Is, uh, still <laughs> yeah. recommendable, like you should check out the Kaggle first. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you want to do a personal project, mm -hmm. the kind of exposure you can get doing that project on Kaggle is much mm -hmm. more than if you just do it on your own time and uh, nobody comes to know about what you did. Okay. And one more question, actually, it is not part of the list, but a uh, um, couple of my interviews before uh, that people mentioned that, you know, there is always a gap between the domain knowledge and the data scientist role. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you look into it? Actually, do you feel that uh, domain knowledge is hard to gain or uh, you can uh, learn along the side? Well, you you learn a lot more when you're working in the industry, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, let's let's compare Kaggle and industries now. Mm -hmm. So, Kaggle, you get the data set. Okay, uh, if you have worked with natural language processing, you can handle text data. It's okay, mm -hmm. but there's always um, many different new things to learn. So, mm -hmm. previously there was people would start from TF-IDF. Mm -hmm. or count vectorizer mm -hmm. these days nobody even touches that people directly go to BERT mm -hmm. and some people don't even know about TFIDF so the world has come to mm -hmm. uh, yeah this level but uh, uh, so like domain knowledge uh, I mean uh, if if you're working with uh, SEO company mm -hmm. let's say so you are think you are you're still handling text data but you have to think a little bit differently there mm -hmm. right so all these uh, domain knowledge will only come when you're working in industry mm -hmm. and uh, uh, or, or solving a problem for a few months, mm -hmm. right? When you have to read about it. So yeah, it's very important to have domain knowledge and people who have domain knowledge in competitions or in industries, they excel more. But it's not like uh, if you don't have domain knowledge, you cannot gain it. So mm -hmm that will come by experience by working in the, in the industries for some period of time. Yeah. So it plays a major important role. And then when yeah, you it talk does, about, yeah. yeah, so your role as a chief data scientist, right? You must be a, be a part of decision making as well. When it comes to like, you know, you build the machine learning model and when we are done with the benefit analysis or the feasibility testing, how it can be moved to the larger scales and how it can benefit to the employer or the organization. Yeah. So what goes under that process specifically? So uh, I work in a startup company <laughs> and when I started, uh, we were 20 people two and a half years back. Mm -hmm. And now we are 100, over 100 people now. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the way we work is a little bit different than other industries mm-hmm. like the larger industries where data scientist role is very limited to making explorations building few models and then transferring it to mm-hmm. a different team to put it to production so here uh, data scientists are doing end to end work mm-hmm. from starting from eda mm-hmm. analysis if there is any to building models and making sure that it's going to pass all the stress tests Mm-hmm. uh putting it into production so uh here most of the testing that we do on these models before putting to production is mm-hmm. by uh us by the mm-hmm. data scientists by the machine learning engineers mm-hmm. uh so we don't go for like a full round of testing with uh, involving many people mm-hmm. uh, before uh, so so first we have to test it ourselves then we do a major testing and that kind of testing says okay if it's good for production or not <laughs> so um okay can you repeat the last part of your question so it was more over like you know uh when we see that uh like feasibility testing like we always do that you know feasibility testing first to mm-hmm. whether we find out that there is a benefit for that data to yeah build the yes, model sir. and then so, yeah so that may that mostly comes from uh, some brainstorming sessions for us mm-hmm. so we brainstorm we try to implement some ideas we don't try to go too complicated and uh, then uh, then we then we like try to implement things mm-hmm. like small things first and try to improve on that further okay yeah that so, that makes yeah. sense actually it's more over like a iterative process as well it is it is an iterative so it process so it's uh, collaborating with the different teams and uh, taking the opinions and brainstorming as you said is the important yeah. stage um again uh, again moving back to the modeling like you mentioned that startup gives a more opportunity to learn people actually you can be involved in all the phases of the machine learning modeling deployment and all the phases involved like starting from data extraction to the deployment of the model you get to exposure towards all the phases of the uh, modeling so when it comes to modeling phases uh, there is a data cleaning which is people are talking a lot more about so what is uh, your approach when it comes to the data cleaning yeah so the, the first part is obviously looking at the data and doing some uh, exploratory analysis Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah data cleaning is very very important part and it also depends on what kind of industry you work on work in so uh, uh like if you if you're if you're trying to build a deep learning model for images you would like to have as much data as you want uh, as you can right so try to collect as much data as possible mm-hmm. and uh, if you're working uh, in a, let's say a banking firm and your job is to say like do some kind of fraud detection kind of thing so you will have a lot of missing values so how to fill in those missing values or you're doing some forecasting then the pro- mm-hmm. problem becomes even more difficult mm-hmm. and uh, in uh, text data uh, natural language processing uh, so uh, it becomes it becomes difficult from when you go from one language to another Mm-hmm. so how would you build some kind of pipeline that works for all languages so that's like one of the most important things for us for me mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i uh, yeah i mean yeah. cleaning is important and it's very uh it's, it's a very time consuming and but yeah. very important part but yeah. you also have to understand that the cleaning pipeline that you built mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. should when when you're working on live data then it should be the same so mm-hmm. it should be the same for training data for test data for validation data mm-hmm. and how to use it when to use it yeah, yeah you know and that. any kind of automation platform do you use because there are a lot of automation tools now coming up into the machine learning and the ai side right so like auto do you use anything any automated platform like automated machine learning platform okay no right now we don't use any kind of auto ml mm-hmm. uh, i don't think we will ever use that mm-hmm. uh, so it, that also depends on the industry so big big industries mm-hmm. where uh, where uh, people don't want to invest time building models but mm-hmm. the major part of the pipeline is to clean the data putting it in proper format people spend mm-hmm. a lot of time there Mm-hmm. and building model is is a very small time mm-hmm. like i don't i don't think even like 20% of data scientist time is building the model but it's all the work around the model with the pre processing and post processing yeah. stuff so it's yeah. a lot of time yeah. so if if you want to avoid that kind of time then you can probably use uh some automatic tools but once you start getting a Uh, hold getting hold of data you you won't want to use automatic tools because you they are going to take several days to give you best model you can do that in a few hours yeah. after you have played around with many data sets you can do that yeah i can definitely relate it so moving to the algorithm side uh, is there any favorite al- algorithm that you always prefer and why uh i like random forest <laughs> a lot <laughs> i heard yeah. it from millions of people yeah so i like random forest a lot uh, xgboost is one of my favorite boosting algorithms so uh, you have like gbm and xgboost these two mm-hmm. like competing with each other but uh, i like xgboost more and mm-hmm. uh, it's because it has way less number of parameters mm-hmm. uh, than like gbm so it, uh, it i can tune it manually i don't have to go for a bayesian approach uh, and uh, yeah i mean if you ask for favorites then yeah random forest because i started with that and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that that that's true actually it, it's easy to get the insights and easy to build the model exactly so, yeah yeah uh, moving to the next question actually any kind of uh, important skills you can recommend to the aspiring data scientists like what these skills needs to be there when you are entering into the data science field or you want to be a data scientist kind of so uh the thing is these days people have a lot of theoretical knowledge mm-hmm. but when it comes to applied a lot of people fail and uh, to improve that and uh, a lot of data scientists uh, think like their job is only analytics and mm. uh, making some good graphs impressing the managers but they should think beyond that if uh, if it's going to be useful to uh, certain products of the company they should try to make code uh, much more readable mm-hmm. and useful to others mm-hmm. um so writing good code is one of the these uh, skills that i look at yeah uh, yeah i mean theoretical knowledge is the major part implementation is yeah, yeah it's quite important theoretical knowledge like everyone mm-hmm. everyone has theoretical knowledge these days 
yeah and it is like open source so you have lots of stuff available online and yeah, there is a lot of so, stuff available online but the way you write code like, so that it's yeah. more understandable to uh, like if somebody gives me okay i've written this and if i cannot understand anything there mm-hmm. then that's going to be a problem so yeah, that's i have seen lots of people saying that you know oh if you give me the python code i can understand it but when it comes to writing the lines of code It's hard for the people. So yeah, so that you put yourself into that shoes and you know, or develop something like you know by yeah, your. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely makes sense. So people do practice the coding. It is important skills to have. And then um, moving towards our uh, leadership thing, actually, any uh, leader that you follow, uh, or uh, not... always or look after, like you know, uh, these are the skills that I always look into the leader. I have I've always looked after uh, my. bosses so uh, like uh, when i was working for a company called search metrics mm-hmm. so my boss marcus so i've always looked after him when i was mm-hmm. doing my phd i looked after my phd supervisor right now working for this company i look after my ceo so it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah so i've always looked after people who have led me till now mm-hmm. and brought me to this level mm-hmm. uh, but uh, if you ask me in general then there is no public figure as of now i, I pro- probably elon musk i like that i like him a lot mm-hmm. so uh yeah he is uh he's like very uh, hard working guy mm-hmm. uh, working at several things and excelling at all of them so mm-hmm. that's very difficult yeah. okay thank you for sharing that moving to the next question is uh uh do you want to say something like the way you also grown actually in the data science will i should that you should be able to tell that like you know what one has to do to lead in the areas they are interested in like you know to grow in that area well uh if you're if you're a student you have a lot of time in the world so mm-hmm. don't make excuses like oh sorry i don't have time mm-hmm. that's not possible you do have time and you can sleep a little bit less Mm-hmm. watch no movies <laughs> and uh try to spend your time in learning new things new concepts mm-hmm. uh because as a student uh, whatever you do at, during that time that's going to shape your future like after one year you you will have a lot of time to watch movies so so mm-hmm. you shouldn't do that but if you're if you're a working professional and trying to switch your jobs mm-hmm. then you have to find some time in the evening like a couple of hours you can invest Mm-hmm. uh to learn uh more about machine learning try to implement ideas if you're already a software developer you mm-hmm. know about how to code so mm-hmm. you don't have to invest much time there uh but to learn the new concepts you have to invest some time and uh, yeah that requires uh requires some patience but it's definitely possible mm-hmm. uh in a few months uh, you should reach a level where you can either compete in kaggle competitions mm-hmm. or you can open source some projects mm-hmm. so that always helps open sourcing helps a lot okay so yeah actually i i guess you covered the uh, question that you know any tips or advice you would like to give yeah, to people it, yeah. so that's good actually so uh, uh it's important that you know you have the dedication you are hard working and you are putting your efforts actually 100% to achieve what you want so thank you so much for being my guest and uh, all your time actually being a guest on saturday it is a big deal sometimes thank people you very are much like for inviting me. are not available so thank you so much uh, whenever i'll make this uh, 
episode available uh, i will tag you so that people can directly connect with you on linkedin sure. as well as i as i said uh, to the audience that uh, he is available on the youtube actually he has his own youtube channel so you can subscribe to his youtube channel he takes the webinars as well i guess he has one scheduled for the bird search algorithm i guess um, which is a recent one so do check out his uh, youtube channel and i hope you will enjoy this episode and learn couple of things about the data science what's happening around see you guys soon until we meet happy leading let's lead together bye for now